Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ah, well, Vladi season could have been worse, right? Right? It's your Yahoo Sports Canada Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 25th. But first, sports. The Toronto Blue Jays 2019 season is mercifully just four games away from ending. At best, the best they can do is finish with the fifth most losses in a season in franchise history. And even that temporary buzz around the team that they built with the debuts of Guerrero and Bo Bichette, it really can't hide the fact that, by and large, this year sucked. Just plainly. And here's the thing for me, because we knew coming into spring that 2019 was going to be filled with more losses than wins. Nobody is surprised by that. That's, that's not it. Now that we're looking at the finish line of the season, I can't help but think to myself, did we actually learn anything at all about the team through all these losses? You see, one of the advantages of a rebuilding year is the house money that a bad team is, is sort of playing with when it comes to figuring out which fringe guys are actually supposed to stick around. Other than the fact that Bichette arrived a little ahead of schedule and maybe Kevin Biggio was a little bit better than you thought, who did we really learn anything about? Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had a really rocky start, got sent down, and he came back. And he was amazing. And then he started to cool off and he got hurt. When you look at it all, it leaves us with another half season worth. And you get roughly the same amount of optimism and skepticism as he entered the season with. Going further, are you any more confident in Teoscar Hernandez than you were a year ago? What about Rowdy Tellez? How about Anthony Alford or Billy McKinney or Brandon Drury? And that's just position players. Coming into the year, the rotation was filled with question marks and opportunities to battle for a spot in the rotation. And can you say with any certainty that a single pitcher did enough to put their name in pen on the pitching staff going forward, even next year? Maybe if you squint at Nate Pearson's minor league numbers long enough, you figure it out. That's not a whole lot. And it brings us to the biggest question of all, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I'm not talking about that stupid thing where he said he didn't lift weights. That's not what this is about. It's the more pressing conversation of his whole year. More or less, his year has been fine. Don't get me wrong. A 20-year-old grading out as a league average hitter generally is a good thing. But we didn't spend two years pouring over minor league highlights to get to, oh, I can't wait for Vladdy to come up so he can be a little bit above league average. Him being better than Brandon Drury is not enough. And the causes for concern have come in waves all year long. For early on, it was too many ground balls, and then he got a hot streak, and then he cooled off again, and then he had that crazy home run derby performance. And now, the last month or so, we've seen a pretty steep drop in how hard the ball is coming off the bat. It's probably not concern for the sky falling, not yet. 
at least, but it is worth asking the question about whether or not Vladdy's freshman season has been disappointing. To help me answer that, I have my office desk neighbor and Yahoo Sports Canada Blue Jays lead Nick Ashbourne here with me. Let's address the biggest question first. Has Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s rookie year been a disappointment to you? We knew that he had the kind of special power that he's shown at times. We knew he could put the bat to the ball. He wasn't going to strike out a ton. We knew that his walk rate would be at least respectable. And these skills are important, but he didn't exceed expectations in any area, I think it's fair to say, except for the home run derby itself. Right. And he was below expectations in some areas. I don't think he hit the ball quite as hard as we thought he might. I thought uh, he would be a stack ass god. His defense has been bad, uh, maybe what you'd expect, but definitely not better and maybe a little worse. His base running has been like beyond the fact he just doesn't have speed. He's made boneheaded decisions with some level of frequency. So when I'm saying it like this, it sounds like I'm totally bashing him and they had a brutal rookie year. I don't think he did, but I think that it was a disappointment only because expectations were so high and rightfully so. Right before he came up, I know we talked a lot and people in general talked a lot about Juan Soto. They talked about Ronald Acuna as sort of examples of recent guys who came in around his age and were immediately impact players. Those guys also came into teams that competed right away if he came onto the Braves right now would you expect him to be a step ahead or is it just sort of this is the level that he's at at this moment and there's adjustments that has to be made maybe if he were on a better team you would see a better performance down the stretch he's really faded down the stretch and he's talked about you know I'm tired I'm not a hundred percent and that's true of him that's true of a lot of players maybe if the team were in it he would be able to kind of break through that wall and find that other gear and there's no real incentive for him to do that right now so that's where there might be a difference in terms of the quality of the team but if we're looking at the whole season I doubt it would make a huge difference. Bobby Shett sort of existed to start the season in the shadow for lack of a better term of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s you know oversized prospect type and has come in and I would say over-delivered. What do you see just as an overall picture on Bo's 2019 season and, and, and pluses and minuses going forward? I think the biggest plus for me, and this is a little bit odd considering how well he's hit, was actually the defense. He really looked the part of as a major league shortstop. Did he make more errors than you'd like? Absolutely. But again, he's a 21-year-old kid. Like, I'll take those errors 10 times out of 10 as opposed to a guy being unable to get to balls or a guy being unable to throw across the diamond with authority. It's always been a given, at least as far as I'm concerned, that he'll hit you know, as an above-average player. So when he's a shortstop and he hits as an above-average hitter, that sets an incredibly high floor for him. Do I believe that he's going to be an elite, elite hitter the way he's shown so far? There are still doubts there. It's, a lot of it comes down to approach because he doesn't walk very much, because he swings so hard and he strikes out, you know, not a ton, but more than average. He's always going to have to hit for quite a bit of power to make this whole profile work. It looks like he can do that, but it's harder for him to be that top, top notch hitter, that superstar level hitter when he doesn't have the ability to walk as much, when he needs to put the ball in play with such authority to have the numbers that he's had so far. So maybe I'm higher on his defense and lower on his offense than sort of the average Blue Jays observer. Sticking with the rookies and Kevin Biggio 
we've seen the plate discipline. It looks like he's starting to put it together with being a little more aggressive when he has to be. I still have concerns about him defensively more than I do Bo, for sure. Where do you track on on what you saw from Biggio this year and going forward? He was a big, pleasant surprise to me. I think that last year, he was amazing. At the AA level, he was amazing. But he was also a 23-year-old at AA who'd never been a top-notch prospect before. You heard a lot of Vladdy, Bo, Biggio as if they were the same thing, and they really weren't, mm-hmm. and they still aren't. For sure, yeah. But... He showed that 2018 was not a fluke. He came to AAA. He performed really well. He came to the big leagues. And the discipline you mentioned, it carried over. And I thought there was a chance that pitchers would just hem him in the strike zone and force him to hit. And they did do that to some extent. And he adjusted back. But the fact he's able to have this level of an elite walk rate while not having the enormous power shows that the eye isn't just him being an advanced guy for the level he's playing at and understanding the strike zone. In the major leagues, when it comes to plate discipline, he has one of the best eyes in the league. We can say that now. His defense, as you mentioned, not super impressive. But at second base, does he lack the requisite athleticism to play that position fine? I don't think so. I don't find myself doubting that he could play that position long term. Like I've heard some people say he's going to play first base. I don't think so. They're all going to play first base. Yeah, you can't have them all play first base. Uh, He has some positional versatility, obviously. Maybe in one game or another, he ends up in first base. He ends up playing the outfield. I doubt he'll ever be an amazing second baseman. But when this team is good, hypothetically, if they're good, I don't think Biggio's defense is what's going to keep people up at night. Obviously, it's a season full of losses. And it was sort of been sold as... This is a year of growing and developing and learning. But, like, did we actually learn anything this year? I think what we got was assurances that the things we believed were true. So, Vladdy, we discussed, was a season of disappointment, probably, but he didn't fall on his face. Bo Bichette, is he a shortstop? How well does he hit? Well, he was answered pretty positively to both those things. Was Biggio one year wonder? Probably not. Nate Pearson... Was he more than a a rocket launcher on two legs? It looks like he is. So that would be the positive. It's not that we saw things that we didn't necessarily expect. It's that the worldview that we had coming into the season was confirmed a little bit. It doesn't look like any of the guys they're counting on to not bust will bust. (laughs) Right. That is not super exciting. I think also you can rule certain people out that were in that mix we can say billy mckinney sorry thanks for coming yeah (laughs) brandon drury you know best of luck yeah so there there's that that is by far the least exciting thing Mm -hmm. to do with a baseball team is say hey fringe guy you're not good (laughs) but we did a little bit of that i think that there's something to your question which is we didn't have many of the quote-unquote good stories that mm-hmm. Ross Atkins has mentioned before, the guys who came out of nowhere and did more than we expected. You want to see that in a rebuilding year. That's part of the advantage of rebuilding year. You get to throw those darts at the wall. And the Blue Jays probably would have liked to get more of that. And just a few more things to send you on your way this morning. Austin Matthews is facing a disorderly conduct charge in his hometown of Scottsdale, Arizona. This follows an incident 
from May of this year. Matthews and a group of his friends allegedly approached a woman who was sitting in a parked car outside of her work around 2 a.m. They attempted to open the doors while she was inside. Eventually, she collected herself and exited the vehicle and confronted them about it, to which Matthews responded by pulling down his pants and grabbing his butt. Underwear still on, of course, while walking away. And I know that the part of the story where he drops his pants and grabs his butt makes it seem light and funny, but I would urge you to put yourself in the shoes of a woman sitting alone in a car at 2 a.m. You are then surrounded by a group of young men who are trying to get into your car. That would be horrifying. And despite the fact that everybody in this walks away like they're playing it for a laugh, it doesn't make the pure terror of that moment any less jarring for her. Of course, this could be a lot worse. We have to point that kind of thing out in 2019. Nobody was physically harmed, but at best, at best, this is crappy juvenile behavior, and at worst, it's a very tough mental toll to put on a military veteran with PTSD that is just trying to finish up some work without being given cause to be terrified, even if only momentarily. The Maple Leafs released a statement that they are aware of the complaint and will not be commenting, which, considering this happened in May, is just something they chose not to get ahead of, I guess. All right. On to something else. If you thought winning the NBA championship would make it less of a thing than the ESPN player rankings gave the slightest disrespect to Toronto Raptors players, I would ask you if this is your first day on the internet. Honestly, Kyle Lowry dropped 18 spots from last year. He's now 39th, according to ESPN, which is 11 spots below where Sports Illustrated has him. The ESPN panel puts him behind guys like Chris Middleton, who is always involved in something like this every year. Kristaps Porzingis, who hasn't played all year, and Jason Tatum. The blurb said, and I quote, Lowry is oddly shaped. He'll never be seen as the quickest or most athletic player on the court, and yet, despite all that, he constantly finds himself making winning plays. Oddly shaped. Honestly, let's be real for a second. Kyle Lowry is not oddly shaped. Six foot one with a booty is not an odd shape. That's a normal shape. You know what is an odd shape? Being seven feet tall. That's odd. That's different. Joel Embiid is oddly shaped. Shaq is oddly shaped. Kyle Lowry is shaped like a regular person. Fred Van Vliet, the finals MVP vote receiver, Fred Van Vliet to you, was marked 88th, while Marc Gasol is 61st. It is assumed by omission that Pascal Siakam will be somewhere in the top 30. And that is it for this morning. There is nothing left for you to do, but get out there and have yourself an excellent Wednesday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.